Hallelujah. Hallelujah. While your hands are joined, I want you to lift them in the air. And I want you to say, Lord, let your will be done in my life. I want you to use me to the fullest. Let your will be done in my life. So, Lord, tonight, I want to tap into a spiritual resource that I've never opened up in the name of Jesus. Do it for me, and I'm going to praise you. Now, before you go to your seat, I want you to praise God for what God is going to do in you. Praise God for what he's going to do in you. Hallelujah. You may be seated. Amen. You may be seated, and I want you to give me your undivided attention tonight. I'm excited about laying hands on you tonight. Amen. I'm excited about laying hands on you tonight because I believe something wonderful is going to happen. Uh, don't y'all miss prayer meeting tomorrow night. I want you to be here. But in the book of 2 Corinthians, and I have a few scriptures I want to read, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and 7, 2 Corinthians 4 and 7. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power may be of God and not of us. We have this treasure in earthen vessels. The earth is made like us, or rather we are made like the earth. Everything that happens in the earth happens to us. I talked about it today. The earth got pregnant. Woman got pregnant. The earth had water break. Women, when they have children, have water break. The earth, the trees get gray hair. Men get gray hair. Your trees, the Bible said men are trees. You look at the, look at the moss that comes on the tree and the snow like my daughter said the other day, my two daughters are bothering me about the snow that gets on the tree. If you go down sometime, look at the tree, look just like somebody had. Some of y'all tonight, I see some some limbs and some, y'all got some tree styles here tonight. Amen. Look at that bush over there. <laughs> All these looking bushes, I, I, I won't. I won't bother y'all tonight. <laughs> and see there? Sister Mike ain't got a little snow over there going on. <laughs> these are these are these are trees. But one of the unique things that God did that in the earth, I was walking and I was talking to the brothers one day when I was down in Cargasco. And I was just giving them a spiritual nature class. And I was showing them how that the earth gets pregnant. 
and they know how to dig for gold because they can look at the mountains and tell when the mountains, that's where you got gold and diamonds and stuff in the mountain. Those are pregnant mountains. That's the earth pregnant. And you dig down in that mountains, just like you dig down and pull a baby out, you dig down in those mountains, you'll get diamonds. That's the pregnant part of the earth. You dig down in the mountains and you'll get gold. That's all in the earth. And it takes somebody who understands the earth to tell where the resources are, to tell where gold is and diamond is. They look at the earth and they are called discoverers. And years ago, they used to call some of them that look for gold, gold diggers. And I'm going to be talking about that tonight, gold diggers. And tonight, I want to be a gold digger. Just like God put resources in the earth and things in the earth, and he plant them there, and it takes an external person to look externally and discover what's in you and pull it out. Each of you, every one of you, there's something God put in you before you were born. They're diamonds, they're rubies, they're treasures inside of you. And if you never get in contact with the right person to discover it, it'll die or you'll die with it. So it's essential that you get in contact with the right person or what's in you may never come out. When you read now Second. Corinthians chapter 3 it says but we have this treasure see they are treasures and treasures are hidden underneath the earth we have this treasure in earthen vessels uh, I want to tell you this you haven't even seen the half of what God want to do with you and there's so much more to you than what you see and it's all under the earth. It's all under our flesh. It's all under this shell. I just need to be able to dig down in it and pull the richness out. And what it takes is someone that knows the will of God in your life. And the Lord said through the Apostle Paul, we don't just have the mystery of the word, but we have the mystery of his will. Ephesians chapter 1 and 9, having made known to us the mystery of his will. We don't only know the word of God, but we also know the will of God for what God has to do in your life. So you want to also not just know the word, but I want to know the will. The will is what is it that God want with me? What is it that's in me that I haven't discovered? Having made known to us the mystery of his will according to his good pleasure which he has proposed in him. Uh, he has purposed in him. He's already purposed this in you before you were born. It's in there. Now I need somebody to tell me what is it that God's got in me that I don't know about? What is this inside of me that I have no clue about but is there? So there's something that God want to do with you, something that God put on you, and you don't even have a clue about it 
and I need somebody to identify it. So I've got to find the right people or the right person. And it, and it was in you, it's called predestination. Look at verse 5, uh, verse 4, Ephesians 1 and 4. According as he has chosen you in him before the foundation of the world that we should be holy and without blame before him in love, having predestinated us. If you move the word pre, you have the word destinated which we get the word destiny, a destination. God has already predetermined where you're going. That's already been determined before you got here. He, that, it's, it's not called termination, uh, uh, determination. It's called pre, it's not, it's not called destination, but it's called predestination, which means the destiny was there before. And so not only did God give you the destiny or where you was going, he gave you the tools to get there. So not only did he predestine you for that preaching, that singing, that prophecy, whatever gift it is, he not only predestined you and said you're going to get there, he also put the tool in there so that you can get there. And, and, and the good thing about that, that is so encouraging to me, Regardless of where you are in your life or what happens in your life, that destination doesn't change. The destination does not change because you don't want to do it. It doesn't even change because you have failed. It doesn't change when you backslide. Because everybody that you look in the Bible who God had predestined, predestined at last, whatever happened in their life. My God, somebody say hallelujah. I'm so glad that God is not trying to figure out what he's going to do with me. He's not trying to figure out based upon me what's going to happen. He's already said, I don't already figured you out and I don't care where you at in life. I've already got that covered. And, and sometimes because we don't know the predestined plan of God, when we get out of the will of God, we somehow think that God is through with us. And when we get, but, but the Lord says, all things work together for the good of them that love the Lord, who are called according to his purpose. Your mess doesn't mess up God's purpose. Your failure, y'all ain't saying nothing. Your attitude, and guess what? Not even what you decide you want to do. Your decision that what you want to do doesn't change God's mind because Jonah didn't want to preach, but that wasn't his decision. God had predetermined that you will preach if you want to do it or not. And if I have to put you somewhere to push you into your destiny that you don't like, I'll put you there. I'll push you into it. And if I have to put you in the middle of a whale's belly, if I have to put you in the middle of hell, if I have to strip you down to nothing, if I have to drag you through everything, you're going to do what I got you to do because I'm going to prove to you that I'm God. Because sometimes I got to prove to you that I'm God over you. Because even if you don't want to do it, you got to know I'm God over you. You can't make your own decision. I'm God. So sometimes God is battling with us about us to prove to us that I'm God over you. I'm the God of all flesh. So 
we can make it easy on ourselves and submit to a God that's sovereign that's going to do what he want to do when he want to do. Or we can fight so you can get to the purpose of God with a black eye and a snag of tooth and a missing ear or you can just get there. But either way, you're going to do it because God is not using you to tell him what he wants to do in your life because he's invested something in you. My God, that's why the devil, and, and, and I know that this doesn't sound good sometimes when we want to do what we want to do, but it's good for you because that's why the devil can't destroy you. Because purpose, that's why the devil can't get rid of you because purpose. And, and so that same purpose that you don't like is the same purpose that's protecting you because God is saying to the devil, you can't get him or you can't get her. Even though they're where they should die or they should be destroyed, I can't because purpose is in them. So the thing that I don't like, it was purpose that let a man get thrown out of a ship into a raging sea and into a whale's mouth, but he survived it because there is purpose. I'm telling you there are things that killed everybody else that you stayed alive for. Things that destroyed everybody else that you survived for because of purpose. Who can go and get thrown in an in a, in a ocean that's raging and survive? Who can go and get swallowed by a whale and survive its purpose? Tell somebody, my purpose is my protection. Sometimes it feels like it's my problem, but it's also my protection. My God, you ought to thank God that he had purpose. That's the only way, that's the only reason you made it back to the church. That's the only reason you survived stabbings and shootings and killings and dragons. Cars turned up. It was the purpose of God. And right now, just a few minutes, I think you ought to praise God and give God the glory and thank God. The purpose. The purpose. And I don't understand sometimes what's in me. I don't understand sometimes why God just won't let me do like everybody else do. Why, why me? Why so many other folk that you just let them go? They just go, but you keep bothering me. Why is it that you, everybody else just smoke dope and get high and they just gone and nobody bother them and they just out? But you keep bothering me. Because there's something in you that you don't know about that is so valuable. He said, I ain't put that in nobody else. That's mine. And that's a part of my plan. I got to use that. Some people plan goes so far, but there are some people are in the long-term plan of God. Judas was in the plan, but not the long term. He betrayed Jesus. Jesus got rid of him. But Peter cussed and did everything else. But God said, I can't turn you loose. You got my keys. You got the keys to the kingdom of heaven. So even though I'm mad with you and I'm upset with you, I got to love you because I got them keys in your head. And you got to preach on the day of Pentecost. You got to let them in. And even though you have cussed, 
and said you don't know me and I know you know me. Now see, this is the thing about the devil. The devil didn't ask anybody else, was you with him? But he asked Peter because Peter had the revelation and he knew he had it. And with it, Peter said, I don't know the man. Now, you knew him because you're the one that said, thou to Christ, the son of a living God. But I want you to deny what you got. Although you know you got it, I want you to deny it and say you don't know him. Hallelujah. But God worked even through a denial. Hallelujah. And use him to do his purpose. So what happens now, there's a gift in me. Now there are gifts and talents and things that were in you before you were even born. When I think about it and, I, and it really gets in my mind, it, 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 it baffles me. It really does. When I think about how as a boy I was drawn to godly things. As a boy I, there's no way I should be a preacher. My mother was sanctified. She went to church. She prayed. But my siblings, all of us, and I was raised around them. I can remember them smoking cools, Benson and Hedges, Reefer, Michelob Light, Pink Champagne, Mickey's. Y'all don't, some of y'all don't remember Mickey's. Oh, okay. I know, Jackie, you remember all of it. Hey, you, you, you drunk everything, girl. <laughs> Spike, Kool-Aid, <laughs> gasoline, I what all you were drinking, girl. But, but I remember them doing all these things, and somehow I'm drawn to preaching and shouting and dancing and church. I, 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 you know, I often thought it was just something I was doing, but man, I, I'm sitting, I'm sitting in, 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 I'm sitting in the, my mama's bedroom looking at her sheets and imagine them their robes. How do a child even think like that? I, I got, I got, I, I can remember as, 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 as young as five or six, going into my mother's closet and said, I'm going to make me a, a robe cape. Well, first I was going to make a robe. And I got the, 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 the robe and the, the, the sheet and wrapped it around me and put buttons. And I didn't have enough buttons. I guess I didn't know what I was doing. So it didn't work. And then I didn't have no sleep. So I took and put one around the neck. You know, the preachers used to have a cape. And I had a cape that I had put around my neck. And so uh, I'm around there preaching. And one of my cousins say, oh, you're a superhero. <laughs> I said, boy, I ain't no superhero. I'm a preacher. That was the interest that I had. What, what takes, and I've watched some of you all. I mean, from a, from a little boy, I watched Gerard and some of these other children that just have this interest in God that comes from nowhere. That's your destiny 
circling you, drawing you. And, 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 and when I was looking today at uh, uh, Alicia's little baby and watching Amelia direct, and I called Brother Spence. I mean, she was going at it back there. I mean, everything her, everything her aunt was doing, she was doing it, trying to get them to move and everything. I looked at that and I said, that girl is drawn to that. It's in her. Those are things that God put in. And then there are some people who don't have those things in them when they come to the kingdom of God, but by prophecy and the laying on of hands, God transferred them out of a man of God and put them into you. Now, those gifts are different. Because those gifts are what men of God need to fulfill what God has for them to do. So there's a compatible anointing. So I lay hands so that anointing that's in me, that same anointing will be on you and be on you and be on you. So then I got a musician that plays compatible to that anointing. A singer that sings compatible to that anointing. The drummer that drums compatible to that anointing. The praying women and all of those that do those positions, that anointing is compatible to each other. And I'll give you that. That's why whenever a, a, a king would come, they would always get their own sometime administration. Even when the when a president is put in, he gets his own administration so that they can have that unity. Well, it, it's the anointing that uh, if you look at Romans chapter 1 and 11, Romans chapter 1 and 11, it says, For I long to see you that I may impart, impart unto you, some spiritual gift to the end you may be established. See, so Paul says, I long to see you that I may impart unto you some spiritual gift. So I want to now, I want to now put something in you. And, and I tell you, there are many times that I pray for folk and laid hands on people. And when I've laid hands on them, that, uh, that, that spirit or that gift to operate with me has entered into them. That's why the bishops are ordained. That's why God has them to be ordained by an apostle because the bishops now have the same anointing. And then we anoint the elders. They have the same anointing. That's why anybody working in offices have to go through that so they will have the same anointing because a lot of times you have people that may come to the church but don't have that anointing that you have that's compatible and they don't know how to work with you. That's why a lot of times when people come from outside from other people's ministry, they have somebody else's anointing and they'll bring that anointing in and distract and tear up so that person has to submit that that they have so they can get on the anointing of that leader. Sometimes they come with different agendas and different ideas and different things. It takes a while and you'll be careful. They'll bring that anointing and that, that anointing will distract from the anointing that's in that presence. So you, sometimes you have to release that anointing that's, uh, that, that's on you to that person. That's why they said, I want a double portion of your spirit, Elisha. That's why God said, I'm going to take the spirit of Moses and put it on, are y'all following me? I'm going to put it on these elders so that these 70 elders can work in the same spirit. Because the anointing now brings us in unity. Every singer ain't my singer. Every musician ain't my musician. Amen. Now, Bishop McLeod has musicians that he have, have, have trained and they walk under his anointing. When Ella Goosby play, it, it matches 
his preaching. Oh, y'all with me? Oh, y'all with me, saints of God? And then uh, when Sister Tanya saying it matches his preaching, you see, you, there's, there's, a, there's a combination. You see, you don't put, there's meals that work together. You don't put no collard greens on top of no, no spaghetti and then throw some peach cobbler in it because although it's food, it ain't food that connect. And you don't go around and put on certain colors because the colors don't match together. So you make sure it matches. So I, everybody singing ain't singing under the same spirit. Everybody playing ain't playing under the same spirit. And everybody reading ain't reading under the same spirit. That's why sometimes I change a reading. Ah, let me get another reading. And then you can't get mad if somebody tell you, say, get off the drum, get off the, they got it. Why are they told me, you ain't got what I need. Now you got it for somebody else, you just ain't got it for me. So you got you got you know y'all got stationaries, and when they get the stationary, the envelope look alike, the ladder look alike, and the pen look alike because they match. Amen. Y'all with me? My God, somebody ought to lift your hands and say hallelujah. So there's an impartation. There's an impartation. Everybody lift your hands and say impartation. Hallelujah. Say impartation. There, there's an impartation that takes place. Impartation that that anointing of that spirit is placed in you. It's in you. In 2 Timothy chapter 1 and 6, he said, Wherefore I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God which is in thee by the putting on of my hand. So he said, now I'm going to stir up the gift of God that's in you, that's in you by the putting on of my hand. So I'm going to put hands on you and I don't know how many times I have laid hands on many of you all and, and, and prophesied as well. Uh, let, me, let me give you this. Let me give you this. Y'all with me tonight? Amen. Now y'all got a few minutes, right? If you don't, I'm going to take them anyway. <laughs> Amen. All right. First Timothy chapter 4 and 14. So now a gift can be in you and it not reaches its full capacity. And uh, this is what we're going to be doing these next few weeks. Amen. God's going to wake up something that's in you. He's going to stir up something that's in you. All right. Uh, first Timothy chapter 4. First Timothy chapter 4 and 14. Now, I believe this. I believe this. I believe this. I want you to get this. Uh, I believe that at some point, Timothy, as a young man, had that gift that was in him, but he was being despised because of his youth. But Paul tells Timothy, don't let anybody despise your youth. Timothy went through something, and as, as young people having anointing, Timothy, they said he was about 17 years old when he was called to follow Paul, and Paul, follow Paul through his 20s and probably his early 30s, but he had went through a stage where he and Paul had encouraged him in this drought period, 4 and 14. He says, till I come, he's telling, till I come, give attendance to reading and to exhortation and to doctrine. So in place, but then he says, and this, uh, neglect not the gift that is in thee. So evidently as he's talking to him, he's telling him there's something going on. And he says, don't neglect the gift that's in you. Don't just let it sit there. Don't just let it sit there. And that's to every child of God that has been prophesied to, hands laid on. Don't neglect it. Don't just let it sit there and do nothing with it. 
Don't neglect what God has put in you. It has to be utilized. He said, don't neglect the gift that is in you. And listen, which was given thee by what? Prophecy with the laying on of the hands of the presbytery. So how many times have hands been laid on you and it has been prophesied what God want to do in your life? It has been spoken what God, God didn't change that agenda. So in 2 Peter, 2 Timothy, he says, don't neglect that gift. Evidently, Timothy must have went to a stage that perhaps he didn't obey what Paul said because he finds himself into a place that that gift seems to be dead. It's not stirred. It has not been utilized. Because if you go, if, if you go back now to 2 Timothy chapter 1 and 6, had he take, and he has to remind him in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and 4, 1 and 5, uh, uh, 1, and, 1, and, 1 and 4, uh, uh, he said, I'm, I've been crying, Timothy. I've really been crying because I want to see you because I want to stir up what's in you. And so, and, 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 and 2 Timothy 1 and 4, greatly designed to see thee, being mindful of the tears that I may be filled with joy. He said, I really want to see you. I'm crying. I want to see you because I, 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 I want to I see you with joy. But this next fifth verse is something that he had to rem give him remembrance of. Because Timothy, God, remember, he told Timothy, all of these things and all these warnings he gave Timothy, but now in, 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 in first. Timothy 1 and 5, he had to remind him of his spiritual heritage. He had to remind him in verse 5, when I call to remember the unformed faith that is in thee, which was first in your grandmother Lord. He said, listen, let me tell you this, uh, Timothy. Son, you're going through. Your gift is not stirring up. You have somewhere you've neglected the gift. But I want to remind you that your grandmama Lois had this in her first. And your mother Eunice, Eunice, remember Eunice? Your, your grandmother had it, Eunice, your mama had it, and I'm persuaded that it, that in thee also, he says, I want you to know that you have an anointing, it was in Lois, it's in Eunice, but it's also in him. Now, when we look at Timothy, we don't look at Timothy as a young pastor, a preacher who is struggling to do the work of God, but he, his gift has been dormant, nothing happening. It's just sitting there. And Timothy said, son, let me remind you, it was in your grandmother. It was in your mother. Don't neglect what has been put in you. My God, can somebody say hallelujah? Oh, uh, let me tell you something, and I want you to see this. Watch this. Wherefore, verse wherefore, I put thee in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God. Now he says, I'm reminding you of this. What was in your grandmama Lois? I'm reminding you what was in them because I'm trying to stir something in you. I want you to remember the prophecy that was given to you. I want you to remember how God has utilized you in the past. I want you to remember all the things that God has done for you. And I want that to stir something up in you. Can somebody give God a praise and say hallelujah? Put your hand together and give God a praise and say hallelujah. Amen. Put them together and give God a praise and say hallelujah. Wherefore I put in remembrance that thou stir up the gift of God that is within thee by the putting of thy of thy hand. And, and it seems as if, amen, what 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 Timothy is dealing with that have gotten them to the place is fear. It is fear. Fear. Sometimes it is fear of failure. Sometimes it is fear of being used. Sometimes it's fear because I don't know if I'm equipped. 
But Paul says, and this stirred up the gift, and then he says, for God has not given us the spirit of fear. That fear wasn't talking about fear like you scared of the devil. It's talking about fear to lunch out and what God has given you. Fear to do the will of God. He said, God hasn't given you the spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. So I want you to get that gift stirred up and go out to what God has given you. Can somebody put your hand together and give God a praise and say hallelujah. And there is that fear when it comes down to ministry. Fear what people are going to think about you. Sometimes God tell you to pray for but You fear somebody going to think that you're trying to be all that. Fear of working in ministry. Fear of failure. I know one of the things that I dealt with for a long time when it came to fear and praying for people and telling people to get out of chairs and telling people, man, every time I, 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 when I, I, and I, I, and hit me real hard in Tennessee, I prayed for a man and told a man, God going to open your ears and you're going to hear tonight. Shaftville was over there, everybody over there. I said, you're going to hear tonight, God going to open that ear. Well, my faith was just enough faith for somebody who got to hear that they can't hear. And I, and I felt fine. But then when the man turned around and said, I'm going to hear. I said, yeah. He said, you know, I don't have no eardrums at all. They took that out through surgery. Well, my faith was only good enough for people that just can't hear. <laughs> hey, 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 I didn't feel for that eardrum stuff yet. No eardrum. And boy, the devil told me that night, Tennessee, everybody looking, everybody on her, and, they, and, and, and you know, it was, it was all white congregation with about two, two or three blacks there. And they, brother, coward God can't do it. <laughs> oh, they were shouting because they believe exactly what God said. Brother Moody, for about, my hand stayed up for about 30 seconds like this. And all I heard the devil say, you better let him go sit down. I done already told him to step over there and told him to say, now I want you to say what I say. And he's sitting over there and then my hand is up in the air. Like God, what you gonna do? Then it came into my mind there was a man, his last name was Arnold. I was showing some of the brothers the other week who had an artificial eye. His eye was taken out. And you might remember, some of y'all might remember this. His, he, he could take his whole eyeball. He had a plastic eye. He could take it out. And he could see with no eye. So immediately that hit me. And God told me what all he could do. And that, that hit me. And I got out of that fear and told that man. I said, now I want you to go back there. And I made sure that they closed his ear. And I, then, then I spoke. Then I whispered in that side. Because when I told him to go, I said, well, you know, somebody said, well, he could be here and out of there. And I said, no, come here. And I came over and whispered. And the man said what I said. And they went to shout. And I went to shout. I was shouting more than them on that <laughs> People were shouting. They were shouting. It took me about five minutes to get myself together. I was like, whoa, God, I'm glad. They shouted. I said, whoa, thank you. Whoa, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> so for a long time, I was, God would be telling me stuff and I'd be scared to say it. I'd be scared to really walk out in that and scared to, to say it and scared to speak it. I was scared. I told you, and this, and this, this happened for me a while until God, I broke out of, then I got comfortable in it. First time, one of the first time God to Georgia, man sitting on a chair, he was sitting in a chair and, and he had been there. They told me how bad he'd, how he'd been there for years and like that and he just sit on the porch and, and then God said, tell him to get up 
and walk now. And I didn't say what God said. I said, now, if you want to, you could try to walk. That's how I said. If you want to get up, you can, you can try to walk. Because all I can see is this man getting up, and I'm telling him to walk and falling down. So I said, would you like to try to walk? That's the second time. Because God told me, say, tell him what I said. That third time, it's like God was angry. God said, tell him to get up and walk. I said, get up and walk. He said, I can't. And I got with force. I said, get up and walk. And he started getting up and walking on the porch. People all on the, on the highway, on the street that he was on, they start jumping and praising God and magnifying God. There's a fear. And God tells Timothy, I want you to stir up the gift that's in you, for God has not given you the spirit of fear. And then Paul said, I'm going to stir it up by the laying on of my hands. Just a touch. Now, I don't know if y'all believe that tonight, but do you believe tonight? I don't care where it's at. I don't care. Would you believe that just one touch tonight can send something in your spirit and stir up? My God. Oh, come on, saints. It, 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 it. I'm talking about like electricity, like something just hit that, hit that zeal. Boom. Just by the laying on of hands. See, sometimes our faith is not there. And I noticed this, and I said this other Sunday, and I'm, I'm going further because I want to lay hands. Our faith is not there. The Bible didn't really talk a lot about praying with hands on people. He just say lay hands. And, and, and when they had, notice in the scripture, it said when they had, watch this. I want you to see this. Go to the book of Acts chapter 6. And I think what happens is a lot of time that you all are looking for me. Y'all looking for me to say this long prayer over you. So that's what, and see some of y'all, you know, it, it, get, it, it get emotional to you. And you think as, as if I pray hard, it's like a little better. I want y'all to get it. Y'all, you do, they do, they do. So, you know, you lay hands, and, and, and sometimes when I'm laying hands, I feel the spirit. And, you know, if I feel it, oh, something doesn't happen here. Because he felt that, that, that ain't hot. It, it, If I pray hard, say, Lord, touch it. <laughs> and some of y'all, even when you're praying, sometimes when people praying for you, it's not, it's not just the spirit of God. Some of y'all get caught up in emotionalism. Somebody's shaking. Because they're shaking you. Now, that is true. That even in shaking, that the man of God, there's an anointing in shaking because Samson shook himself and the anointing the spirit came on. So yes, there is something to the shaking that causes the anointing to come. But there's an anointing that simply comes by laying hands. If I have all, so a lot of times when y'all thinking that I need to pray a long time over your head and sometimes I be praying, y'all seem like, that's it. That's all I get. Now you pray for her five, what, what, this they be through and they still in the line like. Where am I at, Pastor? Let me get in the front of the line. Them, them, the, them, the, them, the, them the two minute prayers. Oh Lord, I done got in the back of the line. I'm gonna get the, oh, I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get the 10 second prayer. I'm gonna get the tap. Boom. Come on now. I, I know I'm telling the truth. I be seeing some of y'all in the back of the line like, I should have got up. 
Somebody laughing. I must be telling the truth then. But listen, let me tell you something. And I want you to get this tonight because I want you to believe it tonight because I'm not going to pray a long time over you because I've already prayed. Listen at the book of, this is how the spiritual thing. Look at the book of Acts chapter 6. Hallelujah. And verse number, number 4. 6 and, and 6. Whom they set before the apostles. And when they had prayed, they had already prayed. They laid their hands on them. So the prayer in the laying hands was different. They had already prayed. All they did is just laid hands. And I believe tonight if I just lay hands and you got enough faith, something going to happen. I ain't got to do nothing but the woman in the issue of blood didn't say, if I can just see some of y'all, see y'all be looking for something. Y'all be wanting to hold on to something. Don't grab it quick. I see some of y'all right now with the issue of blood. Come here, boy. Come here. Come here. Come here. See, a touch wouldn't have done some of y'all. Can I hold this? Come here. Come here, boy. Come here. Come on, little Quint. Get on the ground. Hold that right there. Hold that. Get on the ground. Hold it. Hold it. Get on the ground, man. You good. I know you're sharp. Hang on. Hold this. Hold this. Let that pastor pull you. Now get that in. Hold it. Hold it with both hands. I'm going to drag you. Not, don't get on the walk. <laughs> Stay down, boy. Stay down. Get out. Get out. Shirley, come help me. <laughs> I want to give y'all this illustration. See? That's right, that's right. Uh Uh-huh, that's right. See, that's why you need a mama right there. All right. Now, listen. Some of y'all, see the woman in your blood, she said, if I can just touch. She just touched it. That's all she did. Some of y'all just been dragging y'all around. (laughs) I need it, Lord. Y'all been shaking. (laughs) She said, if I can just touch. You ought to believe that there's a touch. That can happen. I can just, my brother up. He say, if two or three of you just touch and agree. I ain't got to hold your hand all night. Just touch. Don't you know what a touch is? I don't know the difference from a touch. Y'all got more confidence in the shake, in the hand, in the movement, than to touch. If you believe that if I touch you right there, something happened. You can be seated, son. Told y'all been dragging around Jesus with took y'all to the last supper. Now, how many of y'all believe tonight that one touch can stir up sudden in you? Whoo, God Almighty. One touch can wake up that anointing. One touch. And you can be filled with the Holy Ghost. One touch. And you know, you ain't necessarily got to wait to touch me. You can touch somebody beside you. And something can happen. Boy, I'm going to put you in remembrance of what God put in you. And I'm going to touch you. And that gift is going to be stirred up. I got a lot of things that I have prophesied to many of you all as far as ministry. And it's in you right now. Some of you ain't never been open. You ain't never been, it ain't never been tapped into. I kept hearing the day uh, when we was in service, I kept hearing like cans being open. You know, a can opens it, they have that little freshness. And I kept hearing them cans popping open. Hallelujah. And the Lord say, that's gifts that people have not tapped into. 
that's ministries that people have not tapped into because for the season that we're going, for the place that we're going, hallelujah, God want to do some restored anointing. Amen. Somebody say hallelujah. God want to bring a restoration and God want to, and then God, every now and then, God want to do something new. Somebody say hallelujah. My God, can you put your hand together and give God praises? Come on all over this building, let's just put our hand together and give God praises. Come on everybody in the building, if you could just praise God for what God's getting ready to do in your life in your ministry. Come on everybody. Praise him. And every now and then I want y'all to get this. Every now and then God wants an unqualified person. He wants an unqualified person because he wants to be glorified. In order to be glorified I, get the, I have to get the unqualified. Because the qualified, hallelujah, don't always meet the place of being glorified because they got the ability themselves. So I, I know right now, presently, I know right now that everything that has happened in Bible way from the 80s to now has been God. There's no way no 15-year-old boy, 16, 15-year-old boy, could ever do the things that have been done in this church that go from one church, eight faithful members to 220 congregations and now I remember when we were buying storefronts and renting storefronts now we are buying massive buildings and ain't no boy that's right I call myself a boy cause I, ain't no boy and no 35 years can do nothing like this. This is the hand of God. Mississippi, Africa, India, amen, Haiti. Are y'all with me, saints of God? Canada, members that I ain't even met yet. Some I ain't never seen yet. And then revival is going on in, 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 in Jackson and, and in Huntsville. All these places. Ain't no boy can do nothing like that. God needed something unqualified. And here you are scared because you're unqualified. I'm not a singer. I'm not a preacher. I'm not a brother. In fact, everybody God went to was not it. But God said, that's why I chose you. I didn't choose you, Israel, because you were big. I chose you because you were small. And he said to David, I don't want somebody who's king qualified because he'll get the glory. I want somebody from the shepherd. So God will take somebody out of one dimension that they are uncomfortable with and put them into another dimension that they know nothing about. I know nothing about being king. He said, that's all right. You know how to praise me, right? I know nothing about being king, but you know who I am, right? So I'm going to take a little ghetto boy who's running behind sheep and I'm going to put you and make you a king. Stop talking about what you got and what you're not because what God is going to use you for has nothing to do with what you're not and has nothing to do with what you got. It's God that gives the anointing. It's the anointing that destroys you and what God has put in you is an anointing even if you don't have the ability and the anointing will compensate for what you don't have. Moses, I'm going to use you and I'm going to use you and you are going down to tell Pharaoh to let my people go. And Moses says, God, but I can't speak. 
I'm, I'm, I'm tired-tongued. The Lord said, I want you to go. And finally, he said, well, I got a brother. Use him. God said, all right, tell your brother to go with you. That's fine. He can come with you. He said, what you got, you don't have the brother. I mean, you got a brother, and you don't have the speech. But God said, boy, you've been walking around with something in your hand the whole time. You don't even know it's there. So that rod that you've been using, I ordained that to be a serpent, and you don't even know it. You never tried it. Take it out. Take it out of your hand. Turn the, turn the snake. Take your hand. Put it in your bosom. It came white as snow. Take some blood. Throw it on the dirt, and it became blood. So there's some stuff that God said. So that's why God's setting you up, because there's some stuff that God got in you that you don't know about. So when God said, let me use you, say yes, because you must know something that I don't know. When God makes an invitation and open a door and say, do something, even if you don't know how to do it, say yes. Because God knows. So don't ever say no to him because whenever he says you say yes, what he's doing is opening up a door so that it can open up the opportunity to open up what's already in you that you never discovered. If I would have said no to pastoring, I would have never had all of this open up in me. If you ever, if you, if, if you, if you keep saying no, then it doesn't come out. But when you say no, it locks it up. But when you say yes, God said, now open it up because they're willing to go. Somebody ought to lift your hands right now and say, yes, Lord. All right, say it again. Say, yes, Lord. And you know what? It doesn't matter what he's asking you. Just say yes to it anyway. Tell him yes to the stuff that you don't know yet. I just say yes. My soul say yes. That's why I think it's so important when we get in that chant and we sing the song. Yes, yes. What were we saying? What do you say? I'm telling you, God, whatever it is you want, I don't even have to know what it is. I'm going to say yes to your will because I'm yours. And I know that you're not going to send me unequipped for the task. Can you put your hand together and give God a praise and say hallelujah come on put your hand together and praise God somebody lift your hands and say hallelujah can you lift both of your hands and say yes to the Lord hallelujah come on tell them again yes to the Lord now put your hand together and praise God for what God is going to do with you come on everybody put your hand together and praise God give God the glory stir it up Stir it up. I want to give you a few scriptures here. Uh, Exodus chapter 35, 21. Quickly, Exodus 35 and 21. And they came, everyone whose heart stirred him up, and everyone whom his spirit was what? Willing. So there's one, two things. His heart stirred him up, but his spirit was what? Willing. So the stirring came because the spirit is willing. In the book of, of, of uh, Exodus chapter 34 and uh, 35 and 26, 35 and 26, God stirred up 35 and 26 and all the women whom heart stirred them up, uh, 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 up in wisdom spun goat's hair. All the women got stirred up and they started uh, making weave for the tabernacle. <laughs> they were stirred up to make weave, Amen. Praise the Lord. Some of y'all, y'all been stirred up there. But he stirred it up and they made curtains for the tabernacle. Uh, are you with me, saints of God? Can somebody say hallelujah? Amen. Hallelujah. Exodus 32, uh, 36 and 2. And Moses called Bezaliah and Ahubalah and every wise hearted man uh, had, had, uh, and every, uh, whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, even everyone whose heart stirred him up to come 
unto the work to do it. So Moses uh, prayed and God stirred up different people's heart and they came to the work to do it. Amen. There was a stirring of God and, and, and saints of God. Uh, it, it is for so long that we have come to church and I thank God we have, we have a very, very highly attended church. Amen. We have church Wednesday. We have church Sunday. We have prayer and we have good attendances in the church. But uh, there's something that's missing and there is that activity of the saints. And, and God don't want you to just be a pew member and come to church. There's an activity. There's an activeness. There's an activeness that says whatever your hands find to do, do it with your heart. And, and God is not satisfied with you just sitting here. He wants you to discover why he saved you. He didn't save you to take you to heaven. That is not why God saved you. If God wanted to take you to heaven, he could have took you to heaven without, but then he just pick you up and take you there. But God has a purpose for you on earth. That's why you've lived so long here. If being saved was just about going to heaven, when I got saved, God would have took me up immediately he got Enoch and took him up he got Elijah and took him up when Elijah, amen, purpose was gone and ministry was gone God called him up but why did God save me and left me here the last 20, 30 years in the church? Did you really believe that he saved me just to sit here and clap my hand and stump my feet? I come to clap my hand. I come to stump my feet. I come. Do you really think that's all God had in mind when he wanted to save you? Because if he wanted the people to clap their hand and stump their feet, he got angels that can sing and angels that can pray. But God want to do a work in your life. And, and what God does, my God, somebody say hallelujah. It, it, it magnifies God to be able to go in a dirty place to be able to go in a desert you know gold and silver is in desert places and, and in mountains and all those oil is in dry places Amen. It, it does God good when you look at all of this bad stuff on the surface all of this dust and all of this dirt and all of this mess and then somebody goes down in the middle of a desert and get a drill and oil somebody goes in the middle of a rocky mountain in a messed up mountain and dig into that mountain and diamonds are inside of that mountain and gold is inside of that mouth and God is glorified because we take all these diamonds and gold and make pretty things and you get them around your finger and show people look at this look at this well where you got this that I got it out the jewelry store no you didn't you got that out of a dirty messed up bumpy mountain and God says I want to take somebody who has a bumpy raggedy messed up life before you got saved and I want to pull down out of you a treasure I want to pull down because I want everybody to see how messed up how rocky how bumpy how messed up because most of us here have not had a plain life. We have not had a life that's just smooth and easy but many of us have had heels and, and, but inside of that person who have heels and trouble and battle inside of you, if you had a rocky life if you had a bumpy life, inside of you is gold. If you've been through things with your family, things with your children your life just seems hard. It's in the hard places that there's silver there's gold, there's diamonds. You won't find that kind of stuff in the front yard you got to go to the mountain, you got to go to the desert and God said I got some resources in you all I need is a gold digger all I need is somebody that can look in you and tonight I want to tell you Bible where I'm looking for gold my God somebody say hallelujah 
I say I'm looking for gold. And, and, and based upon what some of y'all have been through and based upon what some of y'all are going through, based upon your situation, my God, it looked like there's a nice place to dig for gold there. What God does with a man of God, he puts He puts it in, in the Bible, whenever a man got ready to go get anointed, amen, he was going to anoint a king, he would take his oil, I mean, he would take his horn, and whenever he take his horn, amen, he'd take that horn many times and put it over the head of that person that was getting ready to be anointed and uh, there were stories that all flew uh, that came out of the horn. Amen. I want to tell y'all something and I want you to hear this. Sometimes there's an anointing or a quickening in a man of God when he pray for you because sometimes I'm laying hands on you and there's a quickening in me. That quickening is not just to make you jump but that quickening is just like somebody you go out and you, you've seen people on the beach. They got that little, uh, that little thing that they walk around with. My God and they're scanning the ground. They're scanning it. They're scanning. They'll walk around and, and there's a beep, 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 beep. It come out. They have went over some ground that they felt something is in the inside. Every now and then I lay hands on some of y'all. I feel something in the inside. I get a beep, 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 beep. There's an evangelist in there. A beep, 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 beep. Y'all ain't said nothing. And I want you to understand, you don't have to see it. You don't have to know it. I heard the beep in my spirit. That's why that's what God did with David when he went down, amen, to Jesse's house. My God, he put that scanner over the first boy and nothing happened. Put that scanner over the second boy and nothing happened. Put that scanner over the third boy nothing happened and he went to David and said hey, something wrong because my people didn't go nothing happened. Amen. He said, do you have another boy? He said, yeah, but he's in the field. But when he pulled him back, that scanner went off and said, that's the one. And I want to tell you something, saints of God. There's an anointing in you, even if you don't recognize it. Amen. There's a gift in you, even if you don't recognize it. And oh, tonight, if that gift can get stirred up tonight. Amen. Somebody ought to put your hand together and give God a praise and say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. Look at somebody and tell them God wants to use you. Amen. Come on and give God praises and say hallelujah. Well, God, why? Why would you put things in me? Why would you put things in me and not tell me about it? Why would you put something in me and wait and, and, and reveal it to somebody else? Hallelujah. Because some of the places that you all have been and some of the people that you have been around, they didn't have your best interest in mind. And if you had would have been around them and they'd have recognized a gift because of jealousy they would have destroyed you. They would have gotten rid of you. And God says, I've hid some of the things that are in you, even from yourself, not just because of jealousy, but sometimes I hide things from you because I don't want you to get lifted up. I don't want you to get pride. And you were not mature enough to even know what you had. If I had this 15 years ago, I couldn't have handled it. God couldn't have set no 15-year-old, amen, over all these churches, 220 churches. He couldn't have set me here with all these, L he had to wait until I was mature. It was already in me. The anointing was there for me but he had to wait till I mature. And I'm telling you saints of God, there are some things in you that you don't know about and God said, I'm suppressing them because you're not mature enough now and there are people, you're not around the right atmosphere. Amen. Hallelujah. Joseph could only dream around his brothers. He could only dream around him but when he got into the prison, he could interpret the dream. There are some places that God won't release your ministry because you're around too many haters so I can only dream here but I can interpret there and what God is saying to you I want you to get from around the people that you can only dream around and get around some folk that you can interpret what you got can you put your hand together and give God a praise 
Hallelujah. Can somebody give God a praise? And sometimes you're wondering why God is separating you from different people. Sometimes you're wondering why there are even certain church folk that you look like y'all don't connect anymore. Sometimes you wonder even why certain family members and certain people because God is trying to get you from around the people you can only dream around and put you around people that you can interpret around. Thank God for the change of friends. Thank God for the change of people. Thank God for folk that stop speaking to me. Thank God for folk that don't want to deal with me. Thank God for folk that I had it all in my life and they just shut me out because now God is taking me from the people that I can only dream around and take me around somewhere that my ministry can go to another level. You ought to praise God for the change of view. Praise God. God now moves. I wish y'all were here with me tonight. Ah, somebody ought to praise God and give God the glory. Hallelujah. Come on. Give God the glory. Come on. Somebody ought to praise God with everything you got. I need a few people that can just give him glory. Come on. Come on. Come on. Just give him glory. Ah, just give him glory. I, I got upset because there were some friends that I found out one friends. I got upset because there are some people. Hallelujah. That have always been with my life, but they weren't with me. But you know what? I understood what God was doing. He had to take me from dreamland and too many of y'all been living in dreamland you've been living in dreamland and sometimes the only reason you can dream because your family can own it now listen that's the reason God got to take it because if you can't handle my dreams you can't handle my reality Amen. his brothers couldn't even handle a dream and I know you can't handle reality you got some people around you they can't even handle your dream they can't even handle what you want to be they can't even handle what you're thinking about being even if you mention it to them they want to redirect you from what God has for you to do i know what god's got for me god's got greater things for me god's got more for me don't let anybody destroy your dream because your dream is a part of your destiny somebody say hallelujah reach over and tell somebody your dream is a part of your destiny hallelujah don't got to be careful that you pay attention to your dream because your dreams are a part of your destinies. Oh, it's a part of your destinies. You see, Joseph dreamed a dream and the dream didn't make no sense. It was about stars. It was about stocks bowling. But his dream was sufficient and significant to where God was taking him. And, and he didn't understand his dream, but his father understood it. And there are some people understand where you're going even when you don't. And they'll kill it before you get it to come to reality. But when God has a destiny for you, he puts you in places that you don't like to be. Puts you in situations that you don't like. Oh yeah. And, and, and in fact, it'll be situations that look like it is so contrary to what you're supposed to be. Because now, Joseph is supposed to be in a place where his brothers and all are bowing to him. But it's going opposite. It's going opposite. Instead of my brothers bowing, they sold me. They got rid of me. Listen, I want you to get this. Because 
your life seem like it's going contrary to your dream doesn't mean that your dream is over. Joseph never dreamed about the bad stuff. He only dreamed about the good stuff. He didn't dream. And see, God is not interested in telling you your nightmare in your sleep. He want to tell you your dreams. And sometimes you look like you live in a nightmare, but that's all right. Don't forget your dream. Sometime in the midst of a nightmare, we forget the dream. See, the dream was divine, so it had to happen. The nightmare wasn't divine. <laughs> I want you to understand when you're anointed and when God's got something in you, it lasts, it outlasts you. It outlasts what you go through. It outlasts your fights. It outlasts your battles. It outlasts sickness. It outlasts your failures. It outlasts your faults. My God, can somebody give God praises? Oh, somebody ought to praise God like you love. Come on here. Come on, somebody. It outlasts what people do to you. It outlasts how people treat you. Are you with me, saints of God? Hallelujah, because your dream came with an anointing. My God, can you say hallelujah? I wish I just had a few people here uh, that don't know where you're at in life, but know where you're going. Uh, my God, can you give God a praise and say hallelujah? I was in Mississippi, and I had put the GPS on, and somehow I missed a turn and didn't know where I was in Mississippi but my GPS was on and all of a sudden it said rerouting <laughs> so from wherever I was although I was off the course wherever I was my GPS was automatically in to reroute didn't matter how far out of distance I was, it was rerouting. And God is saying to somebody, when you have a call on your life, God will reroute you. My God, because that anointing has to bring you back to your destiny. So I just want you to know that your GPS is on. And even if you're out of way, he's rerouting you for David got off course with Bathsheba and David got off course killing Uriah but he was rerouted. Y'all ain't said nothing. Abraham got off course but he was rerouted. Samson got off course but he was rerouted. Y'all ain't said nothing. Y'all to put your hand together. Peter got off course but he was rerouted. Well, what? What is it, Pastor? What is it? 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 Well, when you got the Holy Ghost, you didn't know that you had a GPS that would lead you and guide you into all truth. And so, I don't care how far you out the way. I don't care what the devil is saying that you can't get back. God said he's rerouting you. I wish somebody would give God a praise and say hallelujah. I don't care how many bad turns you've made. Well, you haven't figured it out yet. You haven't figured it out yet. How many times you tried to back 
next line and you end up right back in the church? How many have tried to give up and you end up right back in the choir? How many times you threw in the towel and you came back? How many times I ain't coming back to church? I, I'm tired. I, I've been through too much. I'm sick of them folk, but you end up coming right back. He's rerouting you and this time is no different than the other time. God has your destiny and somebody ought to praise God. Thank God when I don't know where I'm at in life. Thank God when I don't know where I'm at in ministry because sometimes you do get there. Don't sit there like you know all the time. Sometimes you get in the wilderness like the children of Israel. Don't know where you're at. You're in unfamiliar territory. You just feel strange everywhere. But God said I can reroute you from wherever you are. Just keep the GPS on. Every now and then, y'all ain't said nothing, but I feel this thing in my spirit. My God, somebody say hallelujah. Tell somebody I don't care where you are. Hallelujah, I don't care where you're at. My God, God is rerouting you. My God, somebody say hallelujah. Somebody say hallelujah. And if y'all ain't careful, God will put y'all in one of them Teslas that'll drive itself by going in. Amen. Somebody say hallelujah. Amen. You better be careful. He'll drive you back to your purpose. He'll drive you back to your place. But whatever it is that you got for me to do, Lord, God, even if I don't want to do it, I'm going to say yes because you. I'm going to say not my will, but thy will be done. Every now and then you got to go against your own self. You have to go against your own self. I don't want to do it. I don't want to be saved. I don't want to be here, but God, not my will. Listen, there are things that I don't want to do. Jesus said, I don't want to die, but not my will, but thy will be done. That means I'm not going to always want to do it. I'm not going to always feel like, the, oh yeah, y'all sit here like you always wanted to do it. That's a lie. That's a lie. Sometimes you don't want to do it. Jesus didn't want to die, but he said, not my will. God said, that's all I want is somebody that can surrender his will. I can deal with you not wanting to do it. But if you'll surrender your will and say, God, have your way. That's all. So what do I do when I get to that place I don't want to? What do I do when I get to that place? And I still don't want to. I just say, okay, you know what? I'm tired of fighting with you. I still don't want to do it, but not my will. Thy will be done. Not my will. Okay. Is this what you want? I'll do it. I'll surrender. I may even say I have an attitude. But I'm doing it. You know God don't mind you doing stuff with attitude? Y'all know that, right? Oh. Say, yeah, he do. You know, Jonah preached with an attitude. And got through preaching and still had an attitude and was mad at God. God said, good, thank you. You preach, everybody say. <laughs> Take over my will. Take over my will. Take over my will. I'm, gonna, I'm just, all I'm going to do is surrender. Because now what happens when you do that? It's not up to me to do it. I've told them, you do it through me. Because I don't want to. I don't feel it. But Lord, not my will, but thy will be done. And God, I want I, I just stir up. If you stir it up, amen. Jesus was praying not, listen, let me say this. Jesus was praying not to die. Let this cup pass. 
He's praying the opposite of what the will is. Three times. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. I don't want to do it. And when he died, he still didn't want to do it. But he reached a point, he stopped praying against it and said, not thy will, my will, but thy will be done. Can I get somebody to just stand up in this place before I lay hands on you? Amen. I ain't going to shake you. I ain't going to drag you. Just everybody lift your hands right in the building right now. Everybody in this building. Everybody in this building. I mean, every hand lifted up. Every hand lifted up. Everyone. Everyone. Now, all I want you to do, just simple before I lay hands on you, say, Lord, not my will. Say it out of your mouth like you really mean it. Lord, not my will. But God, your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done in my life. Lift your hands. Your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. Your will be done. Use me, God, for your glory. Lord, I want the purpose that you saved me for to be revealed in my life. Reroute me if I'm off course. Reroute me in the right direction. Put me back to that course of ministry that you want me to have. God, if I'm five miles off, if I'm ten miles off, if I'm in a whole nother city, a whole nother direction, Lord, I praise you, my God. Can somebody give him glory? I praise you. The will of God for the singer ministry. The will of God for preaching. The will of God be done in my life. I give you the glory. Hey, glory to God. Somebody give him praises right now. Lift your hand. Now, listen, I don't want y'all just, I don't want you just here to be here. I want you to really pray about it. Pray about it. Pray about something that you're struggling with doing. Pray about that ministry that God has for you. Come on, open your mouth. Pray about that ministry that you gave up. Pray about that ministry that you turned loose. God, your will be done in my life. God, your will. I want to fulfill your will. I want to be what you want me to be. In the name of Jesus. Now tonight, tonight, I just want you to believe. I want you to believe that when I lay hands on you, when I touch you, I want you to believe that God is stirring up something in you. And there's something going to be changed that your zeal, your zeal, your determination, the will in your life is going to come alive. Somebody say hallelujah. Can you put your hand together and praise God? Amen. Just line up real quick. And I just want to touch you. I 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 just want to touch you. I just want to lay hands on you. I want you to believe it tonight. My, 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 my. I want you to believe it. 
Thank you, Jesus. Choir, I want y'all to come down too. Hallelujah. I want you to believe it. I want you to believe it. Hallelujah. I want you to believe it. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I want you to believe it. I want you to believe it. I want you to believe it. God, use this baby. Believe it. Yes, Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Somebody praise him. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you. Thank you. I praise you, Lord. I thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, somebody. Something is happening in you. My God, something is happening. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. 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 Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Glory to God. Thank you, thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. I want you to believe that something has happened. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Come on, somebody ought to praise him. Thank you. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Now, tomorrow night, I want everybody to meet me in prayer. Tomorrow at 6.30. I want everybody to be in prayer. Tomorrow at 6.30. I believe God's going to do something special. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. 6.30. 6.30. Glory to God. Hallelujah. God, I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. Glory to God. Can we praise him tonight? Thank you, Jesus. Glory. Hallelujah to God. Hallelujah to your name. Hallelujah to your will. Oh, glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to your name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Jesus, I praise you. I praise you. I praise you. Somebody ought to put your hand together and give God glory. 